Be back to Second Corinthians chapter number four, and I'd asked her earlier. I said, "Do you already practice?" She was in here earlier practicing, and and she says, "Yeah." She said, "I'm I'm singing." She says, "Remember when we were back in Indiana and we had the youth group, whatever, doing vacation Bible school?" So that was probably like 1994. Was it? Oh yeah, 19. Was it 94? 95. And I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. And uh, but she was like, "I sang it in like 1995. You should remember." And, uh, and uh, I did, and I do remember that during that vacation Bible school, they had uh, that little church had there's the three pastors' kids. Uh, we're all the only kids in that church, and uh, we went out and got 165 kids, and uh, for that VBS, and uh, I had uh, one one the first the very first night I had 33 kids in an 11 passenger van, uh, and uh, them were the good old days <laughs> uh, when you could when you could do stuff like that and not get arrested. Uh, and the kids drank out of garden hoses, uh, straight you know whatever. Uh, it was just all back back in the day when we survived everything. Amen. All right, moving on. Second uh, Corinthians chapter number four. Uh, we read a little bit about our light affliction, and you know I've been asked you to pray for uh, you know my headache and stuff and. Uh, and uh, I, I kid about, and I'm kidding, I'm serious or whatever, uh, when we talk about getting old or, or you know, not remembering things uh, or uh, wondering. Um, a couple weeks ago, I think I made a statement in preaching that I said I'd rather, um, you know, uh, one of the blessings about knowing when you're going to die. Uh, let's say if you got news that you had cancer and they gave you a short amount of time, um, there's, there's, that's better than not knowing how you're going to die in a way. Uh, and we have all this fear. We think about life, and uh, and recently, um, through um, different events and counseling, and different stuff, we would um, I would observe uh, just the suffering you know that people would have. Let's say they have cancer uh, and they struggle. And what what do we say typically uh, when someone passes and they've had a terminal illness and maybe it was short or it was long? We would we would say there's no more no more pain. If they're a believer, the Bible says, be absent from the body, so be present with the Lord. Uh, and uh, we leave this tabernacle, uh, this old tabernacle, uh, and, uh, and we're body, soul, and spirit. So our bodies are uh, planted in the ground, uh, and we're present with the Lord uh, later on, uh, not to get into all that with the rapture and, and whatnot. But we say we're, we're happy for them because they're no longer suffering. Uh, and that is a natural thing for us to say. Uh, and we don't like it. We don't like to suffer. Uh, we don't like pain. Um, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm 49. And again, uh, I know the saying is it's um, growing old is not for uh, sissies. <laughs> and, uh, and it's uh, when, and, and I am, there are people in here that are a lot older than I am. Uh, please understand. I just, you know, uh, just let me complain every now and then. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, I get it. I know I'm younger than others and older than others. Uh, and uh, that being true, uh, we don't like aches and pains. Uh, and I think, man, I'm 49. What is my this shell going to be like in 10 years or 20 years? And and uh, and I just I, there's just certain ways that you'd want to live, um, certain ways you wouldn't want to live. And and uh, and I don't want you know I hope Lord just takes me before everything falls apart, uh, and uh, and I don't have to put it. But there are some people that live uh, for decades and decades and decades um, with uh, with ailments, uh, in pain, in afflictions or infirmities, uh, the Bible would call them. And the, and the Word of God teaches us how we're supposed to perceive them. And it's, and it's really, honestly, the opposite of, of what we say and, and what we do. Um, uh, God says we're supposed to glory uh, in our infirmities. 
Uh, we're supposed to look at the tribulations that come in our life and to be thankful for them. Uh, and we have uh, many examples in the Bible. And in fact, with the singing about uh, the Lord, let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter number 12 uh, just briefly uh, and work our way back into our text. Um, we, uh, and by the way, uh, Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday mornings is usually when we as a church, we'd have more visitors that would attend. And, uh, and there's kind of um, tempers, uh, sometimes the content in which, what I would preach, maybe perhaps the things that I would say. Um, Sunday night, it's a little bit uh, less visitors, Wednesday night even less than that. But as we get into our Wednesday night services, we, we dig pretty deep into stuff in very practical ways. Uh, in the services. And I want to encourage you, if it's not your custom to come Sunday night and Wednesday nights, uh, and, uh, and you have the temptation, like you feel like you're not being fed or whatever, you got to belly up to the table uh, Sunday night and Wednesday night. Uh, I promise you, you'll be encouraged because God says his word won't return unto him void. Uh, but we dig into some of these things. And I'm having to mention this because some of you missed those services. Uh, and, uh, but in chapter number 12, uh, it talks about that we're compassed about or compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We're lay aside. That's that race I was talking about a little bit ago. Uh, and uh, so we're in a marathon. We're running that race. God set us on that when you got saved. Uh, the idea is that we're supposed to run it and strive lawfully. Uh, we're supposed to run uh, that we uh, may obtain, the scripture says. Uh, we're not, it's not a participation trophy type of a thing. Uh, we're all running the race, and every one of us has to run it hard like we're going to win. Uh, and uh, in, in the way that we do that is the key is in verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So we look to him. He's the one who initiated it. He's the one who's going to finish it. Uh, he's bringing us to an expected end. Uh, he does all of that. Uh, and, and he saves us and he keeps us. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. The analogy is uh, we take our eyes off of the Lord and we sink like Peter uh, in, in the Gospels. We, uh, we get our eyes off of God uh, and onto our problems. And uh, it's in those moments that we become discouraged or we get angry uh, or we don't understand. Uh, so the key to running our race with patience uh, to run it and strive lawfully, uh, to run and obtain for God to say well done is to look unto Jesus who is the author and finisher of our faith. And it says, And who for the joy that was set before him uh, endured the cross, despising the shame. So he, uh, as we mentioned this last week, um, uh, endured the cross for the joy that was set before him, for the redemption of those he was, he was redeeming, uh, for, for uh, the, uh, the blessing of salvation. He, uh, he endured the cross, but the Bible says for the joy. Uh, he had... Um, the end in mind uh, when he was on the cross. Of course, he is God, uh, but he was, he was being sacrificed for my sins and uh, for your sins. Uh, and he's set down at the right hand of the Father. Verse number three, it says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So the word of God says, Jesus came, uh, and died for our sins. He endured the cross uh, for, our, for joy, uh, and, uh, and he did that for you and I, and for us to consider him, uh, and uh, he endured it uh, and, uh, so that we won't be worried and faint. The biggest danger, one of the biggest dangers for Christians uh, is to get saved and then get derailed uh, in their Christian life because of whatever. We can get weary and discouraged 
uh, and, and we can fail. And our greatest example uh, is the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who, who fulfilled the will of God uh, when he, he, didn't, he didn't, he is God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Uh, and, uh, and, and by the way, also the Holy Spirit uh, is a person. All right, is not you know the Holy Ghost, or, but he is the third part of the Godhead. All right, and so he is a person who is who can be grieved. Uh, he is a person who can be quenched, uh, and uh, and we always got to remember that. I think we uh, we think of him uh, in a mystical way uh, sometimes. That's not becoming who he is, uh, and we've got to be very careful. So. Think of him, lest we be wearied uh, and lest we faint. Now, in chapter number 11, let's look back there. Uh, it is the uh, Hall of Faith. Uh, and one of the mistakes that we make uh, in our uh, hermeneutics or our interpretation of the Bible, when we get in chapter number 12, uh, we sometimes feel and think that we're um, all these witnesses that were in chapter number 11 are, are up in heaven and they're all watching you run your race. Uh, and uh, that's not necessarily what the word witness means there. Uh, there is a cloud of witnesses. They are witnesses of God that are there, um, but, but it's not like they're all just, you know, don't have popcorn, <laughs> and, uh, and they're sitting there watching your every move every single day. Uh, that's not the meaning of that. But in chapter number 11, God lists out a bunch of uh, those in the hall of faith, uh, and says, by faith they did this, and by faith they did that, and here's what God did because of that. One of the ones that God mentions in this chapter uh, is, uh, is uh, Moses and the children of Israel. Uh, let's look at verse number 13. Uh, it talks about, uh, it says, these all died, this is chapter number 11, verse number 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Uh, so they were looking unto Jesus, um, and they were doing that all by faith, having not seen. But God, uh, God through faith, they believed in, uh, in Christ and the Messiah to come, and they embraced the fact that they were sojourners, they were pilgrims. Um, one of the greatest truths from the Bible that will help you endure is to understand that you're just passing through. We sing that song, this world's not our home, we're just a passing through. We are pilgrims and strangers. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are heavenly citizens. That doesn't mean uh, that you can't say pledge allegiance to the flag and all that nonsense, uh, but, but you're a dual citizen. You have citizenship in heaven, you have a citizenship here. Um, your time that you spend in heaven is eternal. It's a, eternal is a long time, all right? Uh, there's no end to it. Um, I, at this memorial yesterday, uh, the um, assistant pastor who was uh, preaching the memorial uh, sang uh, Amazing Grace. Um, by the way, they sing it in ways that it almost just changes the whole thing, uh, how they do that and uh, just the, the beat of it and whatnot. Uh, and, uh, and then had in it the, um, uh, a, a chorus, uh, um, Chris Tomlin's chorus, uh, My Chains uh, Are Gone, a chorus, and many of you are familiar with that. Uh, but when you have people in a room that are lost, and you're, when you sing Amazing Grace, and it says, when we've been there 10,000 years, it kind of blows their mind. What you mean, 10,000 years uh, in heaven, that's nothing. 10,000 10, years compared to eternity is like, you know, um, it doesn't even, it's not, not even like one second in the course of your entire life, if you live to be 100, 150, whatever. Um, it is in the measure of time compared to eternity, uh, our life 
The Bible describes it as a vapor. So these people, by faith, they endured what they went through. Uh, and uh, in fact, uh, it says uh, about, uh, about him as well uh, that he, uh, Abraham, looked for a city which had the foundation, whose builder maker is God. Uh, but it says that he uh, believed in him who was uh, invisible. Uh, he looked to the one, the invisible one. And so back into 2 Corinthians in chapter number 4, we have that language again. Uh, where he says uh, in the last verse, chapter number 18, while we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. <laughs> uh, it seems like a paradox. What God is saying is that in order to, uh, to live through this life, you've got to look at things you can't see. Um, that's, that's how you do it. We're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, uh, and, uh, and Jesus is a real uh, uh, person. Uh, he, is, uh, he is God in the flesh. He's at the right hand of God. Um, and, and if I was to ask you today, uh, if you've seen Jesus face to face, and you said yes, uh, I, I, would, I would probably call you a liar uh, because you haven't seen him. Um, we believe by faith in a place that we're going that we've not seen. God's preparing a place for us that we've not seen, uh, and I have not seen nor ear heard uh, those things. And so uh, we, we look unto him, and we seek those things which are above, uh, not the things that are on the earth, not the things which are below. Everything that we see is temporal. This flesh is temporal. Um, uh, your job, your house, cars, every possession that you have uh, is a temporal thing. And even when we look at um, our children, uh, for example, we say we can't take anything with us uh, when we go, right? We're set uh, um, our treasures, lay up treasures in heaven uh, and not on the earth. Uh, and, and we struggle with what that means. But we lay up with spiritual things. And so we say the only thing that we can take to heaven uh, is uh, the people that we win to Christ. And while that is partly true, um, we really didn't have anything to do with that. We witnessed to them and got to lead them to the Lord. Um, but God gets the glory. He's the one who saves. Uh, and, uh, and when I look at my, my own kids or my own grandkids, uh, then, you know, um, those shells, those bodies are going to go to the grave. Uh, and uh, their souls, uh, we are a soul that in, in, uh, in, um, is housed in the body. Is everybody with me? And God says that this body is frail. It's like a vapor, it's like a, wither, uh, a withering uh, flower uh, and grass. And one day, um, we're going to die. God knows exactly when that's going to be. Uh, we have an appointment with death. We, we don't know, and that's the prospect. I'm not afraid to die, um, but there's ways that I don't want to go. All right? And, uh, and so it's that whole pr- process. And I've been with people at their bedside. People have been saved for, for numbers and numbers of years. And, and have faith and love the Lord, uh, but still in those, wane, in those moments, there still comes some fear and anxiety, uh, whether it's through the pain, uh, sometimes it's meds, uh, there's a lot of things that factor in it, uh, but, uh, but that, that is a, um, uh, a wonderful time because it's a graduation, but it's also a scary time uh, for people, and it's, even, it's, it's, it's more scarier for them than it is for us as we watch it as we're there and we're trying to comfort. This body, your body, uh, is going to die. And the Bible says, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So it's though we die, our inward man grows. So the older we get, the more decayed our physical body becomes. But the idea is that our inward man 
is stronger. Uh, and, uh, but we pointed out uh, and, uh, just in a service last week that we can have, uh, we can have an older body, older mind, uh, all kinds of experience, and that does not necessitate or uh, result every single time in spiritual maturity. Um, people grow at different rates, uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of logical. The more we're in the Scripture, we mo- the more we draw closer to Him, He draws close to us. And, uh, and there's a part that you've got to do. You just don't, you know, uh, I always get a kick out of people like they're studying, whatever, uh, so they'll, you know, put headphones on and go to sleep, and they're just absorbing it uh, all night, and they're going to wake up and take, take their tests. You know, some of those crazy people get A's on those tests. I don't even understand it. Uh, but we don't, we don't get spiritual maturity by osmosis. Uh, we have to exercise our faith. We have to live for him. And there are things in the Bible that God lays, uh, lays out for us. Uh, but then he says this in verse number 17 of our text. And by the way, Paul's already said, hey, I've got this treasure in earthen vessels. Uh, he, said, uh, he said that he was the chiefest of sinners. Um, he knew it was the grace of God uh, that, saved, that saved him. Uh, what he did, he did in ignorance. And by God's grace and his mercy, he was saved on that road to Damascus. Uh, and, uh, but he, uh, uh, Paul, now saved, struggled um, through his life as a Christian with a number of things. Some the Bible are clear about, others they're not. Uh, but, uh, but he um, understood the grace of God uh, in the midst of difficulties. And he had already laid out the case as he has in other places. Um, back up just a, a, for a second. In verse number uh, 7 said, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And the reason that those things were in his life was that, uh, that the will of God, the power of God can be manifested. So God gives us difficulties to mold us and to shape us uh, personally, but they're also there to communicate uh, to the people around us that God uh, is working uh, and he's manifested uh, in our mortal flesh. It's the fellowship of his suffering uh, that Paul alludes to in the book of Philippians. So I started out by saying, um, you know, I've, I've had some headaches and some different stuff. I've had, if you haven't been here very long, I've had uh, um, six shoulder surgeries. Uh, and, uh, and so I am, I'm like head to toe scars <laughs> uh, from procedures and different things uh, in my life, uh, the motorcycle accident and all that kind of stuff. And so my body uh, is uh, um, failing. I played basketball um, with, uh, with the young people at Thaw. That was, uh, when was that? That was in April. And, uh, and I schooled them. I did, even though I'm old. Uh, and uh, they all know it. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, but, like, my leg is still not recovered um, from that. Like, something, like, uh, in my hip or whatever. And so it's just like, I can, you know, just 15 minutes of basketball, and I'm down for the count for months. Uh, my body doesn't recover. Um, I used to, I was watching football yesterday, and I'd, I'd get hit one time and would, would not get up. Uh, uh, now, so our bodies, um, I'm establishing my body is decaying, it's falling apart, uh, and I'm not happy about it. Um, there, there are things. You, you would say, you look in the mirror and you see a teenager, but, but, but your body's like, no, you ain't. All right, and all of us have that experience where, where our spirit, because our spirits renewed day by day, and we have young spirits, uh, but we have old bodies, 
uh, that are decaying, nothing we can do to stop it, uh, you know, whatever. We, I know there's all these secret things and creams and, you know, whatever, uh, and, uh, but you just look a little better <laughs> uh, when you die perhaps than somebody else, but everybody has an appointment uh, with death. And uh, so we don't, we don't like that. Uh, that the fact that we are decaying. But here's what the Bible says about it. He gives us three things that he says about that. First off, he says that the affliction that we have, um, it's light. Um, it's, it's a light affliction, and it's light because it is, it is compared to, um, uh, the Bible says, uh, a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. Um, if you imagine for a moment a scale uh, and uh, where you have... Uh, on this side, uh, our afflictions, and on this side, um, glory, the weight of glory. Uh, and uh, the Bible says that um, our light afflictions uh, are nothing compared to that. Um, the, elsewhere in the Bible, in fact, uh, let's turn to a couple of spots. So you're in Second uh, Corinthians, just go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Just to elaborate a little bit, because our, our afflictions or our infirmities, they can be a number of things. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 5, Paul saying uh, to the church at Corinth, Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Uh, so he's, he's telling them that he glories in his infirmities. Uh, we, we don't know um, if... Uh, we know he was short. Being short is kind of an infirmity. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but we know he had um, a, a difficulty, they think, with his eyesight. And we speculate about what those infirmities was. And he asked God um, in, in verse number 9 of that same passage, he says in verse number 9, And he said unto me, he prayed to God, uh, that he would remove them. Uh, and he said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh, when I read those, you know, I know when we're weak, he is strong. Uh, and there's all these paradoxes in the Bible. The way, you know, the way up is down. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, uh, and we see those time and time. And here's another one where he says that we're made perfect in weakness. Uh, so most gladly, he says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, if we just stop for a second there, when he says when we're weak, we're strong, um, we say silly things like, God never gives us more than we can handle. And, uh, but he does. And the reason he gives us more than we can handle is because it drives us to him. Isn't that what it says? It says he glories in it uh, because, and he takes pleasure in it. Why? Because the power of God, of Christ rests on him. When, you know, if you're like, you, you know, your body is, you know, in primo shape and, uh, and your health's all going well and you've got no problems and difficulties, you tend to pray less than you do uh, when you get sick or you have problems. Uh, so he says, I'm thankful, I glory in my infirmities because the power of Christ is when I'm weak, then I'm strong. That's that dunamis, that's dynamite. Uh, and uh, so uh, when we're in that weak state, the power of Christ is there in in, in Scripturally, we're in a better place uh, than, than we are when we're not in weakness. Is everybody with me? So he says, I would gladly glory in my infirmities the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in. So he's, he's glad and he takes pleasure in infirmities. And we won't go over the definition of all these. Uh, we may another time in reproaches, in necessities, 
in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, now let me qualify this for a second. Uh, we know God works all things together for good, and He does. But when, when the Bible is talking about glorying in infirmities or in persecutions, reproaches, and distresses, and the fact that in our weakness He is strong, God gets the glory in our suffering, not our sins. Um, never think. Now God can take our, our sins and when we blow it in life, uh, and, uh, and He can use that to instruct us, um, but He is not glorified in our sins. Um, he's glorified in our suffering. So everybody say amen if you understand that. And uh, uh, we've got to be careful uh, to not excuse or justify sinful behavior uh, by what God may potentially do from it uh, in the future. But he gets glory in and we should be glad uh, and, be, uh, and take pleasure in uh, the things that he allows in our life um, or he allows to have been done to us in our life. Uh, for Christ's sake. Uh, and, uh, and so he says this in Romans 5. Uh, in fact, uh, verse number 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Now, it's the same worketh that we read in our text. It's doing something right now. So uh, Paul says, our affliction is a light affliction. Uh, and, uh, and so as a, as a pastor, and I, I, don't, I don't do this, because people, when they're struggling, whatever it is, and by the way, you know, what you're going through might be, you know, it's not the same what somebody else is going through. Nothing that we're going through um, is new, right? Uh, there's nothing common. Uh, and, uh, I mean, all thing, all t- there's no temptation given us such as common to man. God gives us a way of escape. Um, if, you're, if you have cancer, somebody else had cancer, right? Uh, if you're going through a divorce, somebody's gone through a divorce. There's nothing that you're going through that's really unique to you. Uh, there have been um, uh, millions or billions of people uh, that have lived uh, and have had to deal with flesh and have problems, saved and unsaved, um, throughout time, okay? So nothing you're going through. But So you come up to me, and let's just, whatever you think, whatever you think is an affliction, in your own life, all right? Um, I'm afflicted. And you say, Pastor, here's my affliction. Uh, this is what I'm going through. And I'll go, that's nothing. You'd, you'd be offended almost. Like, you know, what do you mean it's nothing? Because to you, it's everything. Because you're focused in on it. It's your, your affliction. And again, it could be an infirmity. Uh, it could be a physical health issue, but it could be distresses and, uh, and tribulations and persecutions, any number of things, whatever you want to put in there. You're going through it, and it's tough, and, uh, and you go to get help from your pastor, and he goes, great, I'm glad you're going through it. And uh, you think, why would he say that? Because the Bible says not only, not only is your affliction uh, light compared to the eternal weight in glory, it is light, but it's also for a moment. Uh, it is brief. So we're supposed to weigh out our life's afflictions uh, by the weight of glory. Um, when we measure time against eternity, um, uh, our sufferings and difficulties, tribulations, they're, they're insubstantial to, to the weight of glory. And the Bible says that it worketh, both it said that in Romans 5.3 and in our text, verse number 17 in chapter number 4 of 2 Corinthians, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, 
So it is light and it is temporary. Uh, and it's temporary because if you have, let's say you're afflicted with whatever disease um, and it's decades long, then you live with it. Um, I started to, to talk about this earlier and got um, derailed, distracted. <laughs> uh, but um, as I've observed people, elderly people, uh, at end-of-life stuff, their spouses, and, um, you know, and just the... Um, well, I'll, I'll use Miss Ackerman as an example. Miss Ackerman has um, like a, a scoliosis. Um, her, her body is just racked with arthritis and different things, and she can't get around. And she needs assistance and help. And, and, um, and so her husband just passes. And they both had health issues for quite a long time. But Miss Ackerman's health has deteriorated to where she just needs help all the time and getting around. And, um, and, uh, and so you think about um, the person you've loved and been married to for all those many years. And they, they go home to heaven, and, you're, and you stay behind. It's all the plan of God and the will of God. Uh, but um, to think of, so I was thinking, as I was there, and he had passed, and she's, she's grieving, and, and uh, we're waiting for uh, the you know, people to come and the different stuff. I just thought, man, you know, um, it, you know most of the time, because she's even said, and I've been with some of y'all in here in similar situations, like they would rather go like then than to stay behind without their spouse uh, and, to, and to live day by day with the infirmities uh, that their body um, is going through. Is everybody with me? That they're just processing that. And so I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching, trying to have compassion, but, I'm, but like, almost like pity, like I, I feel sorry that she's physically the way she is, and if the Lord doesn't take her for five years or 10 years, 20 years, uh, whatever that would be, um, um, she's thinking stuff, and, uh, and, and we, it's just hard for us to process. But I want you to understand, not one millisecond of your suffering um, is meaningless. It's not meaningless. The Bible says our light affliction is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. It's not meaningless. I don't care if it's cancer or criticism. Uh, if, it's, if it's sickness that you have in your physical body or the suffering that you have uh, in Christ, whatever it is, it's not every single millisecond of your suffering is, is working for you uh, in a, a, more, uh, a more eternal weight in glory. You follow me? Say Amen. So think about this for a second. We don't like it. We don't, you know, it's just like, um, you know, whatever your affliction is, I'll use my headaches. Uh, and because uh, that's my affliction right now. Uh, and, uh, and thank you for praying for me. But um, as I sit there and, and complain, mostly to my wife, oh, you know, rub my neck, you know, and uh, all the different things. And, uh, and, uh, and I want it to be over. I want to not have them anymore because physically um, it hurts and it's, and, it, and it's causing me issues and problems cognitively uh, as well. And so, but, but here's, here's what I know from the Bible. Every millisecond of my headaches um, are my affliction and my infirmities that I should be gladly 
and take pleasure in is God is, is, is their light and they're, they're momentary and they're working, they're working for me a far more exceeding weight and glory. So even though I don't like it, I don't want it, God's perspective, the word of God's perspective should be for us. And I said it the other day, I, I, I said uh, on one of the um, social media things, I, I said, we're to be glory and be thankful for the things we're going through. Some people don't have any problems. And, and some were taken aback, like, you know, you know, what does that mean? It just means somebody aren't, they're not blessed enough to have difficulties. Um, they, so the more, it, it, I'm not trying to be sadistic, but the more infirmities and distresses and tribulations and persecutions, infirmities, afflictions, whatever, that you have, on a spiritual standpoint or from a spiritual standpoint, the better off you are. And, uh, and so, so when I look at folks who are struggling in affliction or infirmities that love the Lord, I mean, I, 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 and, and we're all weak. Paul's writing this, and he's, he's asking God to take it away. Uh, and, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. So whatever his infirmities were, God, basically, they're yours, and you're going to have them. And, uh, and, and Paul admitted that without them, he would, he would be in the flesh unbearable. And, and so he recognized that God was doing whatever it was to humble him. Uh, and, uh, and he was to have grace, uh, that God's grace was sufficient. So even though we don't want them, even though I don't want them, for, I don't like to see you suffer. Uh, I don't like to look at Miss Joe and, and know the physical problems uh, that she's going through in all of us. And when you get to that end and you've been around people that you love and care for, and, and it's like you want to be around, but you want God to take them because, because they're suffering. But not one second of it is meaningless. And so, so I pray for those who are afflicted and have infirmities in our church, but there's also a part of me that thinks glory. Amen. Every second that Joe Ackerman remains on this earth, God's working. And, uh, or you, some of you in this room have the same, are in the same situation. And, um, <clears throat> and so we want to go, go to heaven because we don't want the pain and we don't want the frailty and we don't want, you know, um, people taking care of us or whatever. And I completely get that. But, but somewhere in the, the deep recesses of our heart and mind as we understand Scripture, um, we need to glory and be thankful in it because every millisecond of it, God's working something out in heaven. So I was sitting in my office thinking about this message and, uh, this morning, and um, I went all day yesterday. I didn't take any ibuprofen, but I was like ice packing and the different things. And so I woke up this morning. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to go through the day without them. So I'm taking, I'm sitting, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my headache <clears throat> to temper down so that I could study. And, uh, <clears throat> and I thought, man, but, but that whole time, it's an affliction. That whole time, it was like, I'm just thinking of the, my, that, that exceeding um, weight of glory getting heavier. So the entire time we're suffering, that's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. God is working that for, that's a constant thing. And that's just how I believe that. 
It's how I believe that for me, and it's how I believe that for you. And say, oh, great, now pastor's not going to, I'm going to tell him I've got, you know, going for surgery, and he's going to be like, well, praise God, <laughs> you know. And uh, I'm not, I'm like, I'm praying for you. And when you're there and, you know, and you're like, pastor, pray for me. I'm scared. I just don't want to have this surgery. I'm like, I'm like, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Uh, God's working out something. Eternal weight and glory. And put it, you know, turn that frown upside down, mister. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to comfort you in whatever affliction that you have. But, but, but if you want to talk about what God's doing and you want to glorify God in it, I'll be right there with you too. And uh, not one second of whatever it is that you're going through, not your sin, but the list of stuff, the suffering, the things that we do um, that are happen to us, your pain, your physical afflictions and infirmities, I'd rather glory. You know what? God never, never gives those to us to make us quit. They're always to make us better. And, uh, and so, um, you know, the same thing, when you go so when and people are mean to you, it's like, oh, it, like, it's good for you, spiritually speaking, because God rewards the persecution. And so there's a part of you, it's like, oh, I got arthritis, praise the Lord. I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. If I didn't have, if I didn't have arthritis, um, I'd be doing, you'd be doing a whole lot of things uh, that would probably distract you uh, from the things of God in your life. I don't know. God always has a reason. Um, but but maybe as we, you know, it's like, God, thank you. And, um, and, and so as we're waiting out those process, you know, whatever, uh, I'm just uh, uh, waiting to go to the doctor. She can't get in and all that stuff. I'm just like, okay, God's just loading me up. Um, and and I gotta, if I think about it that way, uh, and this is just, it's, 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 it's a light affliction, a light affliction that's temporary, and God's working out, presently working out something more better for me, because of it, it's kind of like, hey, can I move my appointment till next week? <laughs> Are you following me? There's just a, I'm just saying there's just a part of the, the, the truth, the fact, the theology of it, um, that, that, that we should welcome um, whatever God sends our way. Our, human, our flesh pushes back at that. We don't want that. But we need it for God to mold and shape us. And we need the power of Christ on us. Because when everything's just going great, um, you, you start relying on the flesh and doing everything in the flesh. And God's far from you. Uh, but I guarantee you, you get a bad, you get a bad, bad lab work back from the hospital, um, you're calling somebody to ask them to pray for you. Because you got bad news. And, um, and, uh, and people will comfort you and grieve you. But if they don't understand, if they understand and know their Bible, um, they know that, that you're privileged in a way because God is working out something greater for you in the middle of it. And, uh, and uh, I'm telling you that today as your pastor, and I may tell it to you in those moments, uh, but it's after we cry maybe or, or we think about some things, whatever, uh, but, but we got to go to the book and say, I don't know what God's doing, but it's way better in, in whatever we're going through right now, this cancer, this whatever, it's, it's light and it's, and it's, it's light compared to, um, and it's brief, um, and it's doing so much more. And would to God we have that perspective in the middle of those things. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And um, maybe today would be a good day by way of invitation uh, to just thank God for your arthritis. Uh, thank God, you know, for the, 
gimpy arms and legs and, you know, whatever, and you're out, you got allergies today and whatever, and, and uh, you just don't, you know, uh, you don't know how you're going to get through. Uh, maybe we just ought to thank God for it and, get in glory, uh, and glory uh, in the infirmities just for a moment today. And then take this message beyond and help it temper everything that comes in our life. It's light, it's brief, and it's working out something uh, far much better. Uh, and so thank God for it. As the panel begins to play, God spoke in your heart. Just do business with the Lord. We all have afflictions and infirmities. We do.